This is mostly Joe, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Well, actually, I do. I monitor all your transmissions for the Empire, and they're most curious about your activities. Right, Dave? This is Rodney Thompson, game designer for the Star Wars role-playing game at Wizards of the Coast, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Execute Order 66. Coming to you live from the Garden of Good and Evil. This ah. is episode 23. Episode 23, coming to you Sunday, June 22nd, 2008. Yeah. I'm GM Dave, and with me in studio, ladies and gents, <laughs> GM Chris. What is up, Gamer Nation? This is GM Chris. Very excited to be speaking into an actual microphone, aside from my you know, pissant USB headset that I normally Skype into you with. But uh, I made the uh, arduous drive out to uh, GM Dave's house earlier this afternoon for some uh, some poolside drinking and some uh, hot tub sitting and uh, a very good Sunday um, of uh, game discussion and uh, Yahtzee gaming and, and a little bit of Yahtzee. I uh, whipped the Yahtzee out. I haven't done that since I was like four, which was great. <laughs> and um, yeah, very excited to be doing the show face to face for the first time in uh, ever. ever. How about that? Kind of wicked, kind of cool. But uh, it's very good to be here. I hope you guys are doing well. We've got a really cool show lined up for you. We're going to have some fun stuff to talk about and some not-so-fun stuff to talk about, but uh, stuff that will be enjoyed nonetheless. That's right. By golly. Because that's the way we roll here on the Order 66 podcast. Yeah. And if you guys want to get rolling yourselves, you can go ahead and uh, sign up, become a member of the Gamer Nation over at d20radio.com slash forum, where you can sign up. Post your mind, become a part of the Gamer Nation, and get your voice heard. And if you guys want to give us a call with any questions or concerns you might have, any bumpers for the show, any I Never Listen to the Order 66 podcast stuff, you can give us a call. What's the number, Dave? 206-600-LUSA-5872, and you can give us a buzz. Or you can email us at gmchris at d20radio.com or gmdave at d20radio.com. I've uh, gotten a lot of emails lately just from guys saying, you know, hey, we really like the podcast, and uh, you know, we're, we're picking up the system for the first time, you know, and it, we, this is just marvelous. If you guys haven't played this system yet, it is, in my opinion, the best Star Wars role-playing game to date, even better than the old WEG stuff, and I, I'm loath to say that, but uh, it's just such a beautiful system. Yep, and I, I even got an email, uh, what, uh, Thursday? Look at that, look at that. Yeah. <sighs> Didn't even make it three minutes without going, into the mic again. Ugh. Anyway, I got an email from a guy that said we inspired him to start his own podcast. Really? A Star yeah. Wars podcast? No, not a Star Wars podcast. It sounded like he was kind of a motorhead. It was going to be something around uh, racing, Ooh. I think, because it was like Performance Radio Network. So we'll give you a plug, Mr. Performance Radio Network, even though I haven't actually listened to your cast. I thought he deserves a plug. He does deserve a plug, and he's, uh, he's, he's self-admittedly says he has server issues, and every time I try to hit it, I can't quite get the whole thing to connect. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I don't think I'm going to be uh, sh- uh, 
dis dispelling any rumors or untruths by saying that he did indeed tell me that he was having uh, server issues. So one day soon in a theater near you, I will be able to download that thing, and I'll probably give you praise. Most definitely. But uh, thanks for the emails, guys. They, they, they mean a lot, and I, we're glad you guys are enjoying the cast. And uh, we hope you continue to enjoy it. And uh, this is y'all's show. You dictate what we talk about and uh, the content. So send us your stuff and let us know what you're digging, and we'll keep digging it. That's right. You drive this train. Woohoo! Well, Dave, let's say we move on to some, uh, some announcements, maybe? Oh, I love this. I, I absolutely love firing this off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that drop. Very cool. Well, for those of you who uh, have not yet experienced the glory, the passion, and the power that is 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons, you need to do so. But if you're a little leery, you're a little concerned, you don't want to shell out the money for the books, you want to find out more about the system, well, you can. And uh, you can do that. Where, Dave? Radio Free Hamlet, boys and girls. Yeah. Uh, sister podcast of Order 66. D20radio.com. Yes, at d20radio.com, you can find the link to RFH Radio Free Homlet, uh, where uh, DM Tim and uh, his whole crew of gamers extraordinaire, guys with more gaming experience than I'll ever see put together, um, will sort of liven your day and give you the skinny on 4th edition. That's right. DM Dave, by the way, I'm feeling you, bro. <laughs> And uh, other great announcements for those of you guys who have not been to Wizards of the Coast Star Wars role-playing site recently. There's been a couple new articles up that are pretty freaking cool. Um, they just recently posted um, uh, a fourth bounty postings. Now, if you guys haven't, Dave, have you have you read any of the bounty postings yet, dude? You know what? You pointed this out today. We were just kind of messing around on Watsy's site, and I had not seen this. I love how they like build a character. Oh man, this is great. Yeah, well, these are wicked. I I mean, granted, I design a lot of crap, but. Basically, this is their fourth one, and they have these these bounty postings. And the idea is, this is going to be like a you know even like a semi weekly thing where they say, okay, here you go, here's a new pre made NPC, and uh, it's a, a full backstory and history with with plot hooks and all kinds of stuff. And uh, the current one is Dual Pundar, Pirate Lord, and um, he's, it's very cool. But if you guys are looking for some really good, good crunchy fluff, um, just some wonderful uh, additional content, web based content, you can find it on there, and uh, it's it's really fantastic. Um, in addition, they have a new article up, which we're going to be talking a little bit about later on in the show, uh, which is Behind the Threats, The Sith, um, which is, uh, is part one, the first of a series of articles um, regarding Behind the Threats, and it talks about playing the Sith in the various, uh, I guess you could say, uh, eras of Star Wars, Yep. and um, it's it's highly informative, to say the least. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. So check that out if you haven't, and uh, it is made of goodness. Absolutely. Very Absolutely, cool. my friend. Very, very cool. Very cool. Well, those are our announcements. Uh, I don't think we have anything else amazing to report on. I don't think so either. Although, I'd like to have some more amazing things. Yeah. So, if you guys have any, give them to us. That's right. Please. I know Origins is coming up, and uh, that's kind of a cool announcement. Um, I'm not going to be able to make it out, unfortunately, but I know uh, DM Tim and several of the RFH guys are going up to Origins. Yep. Um, as well as Gen Con with me later in August, which is very, very exciting. So if any of you guys are going out to Origins, we'd love some field reports, man. Uh, you know, seriously, email us. Yeah, send them out. Send them out. We'd love it. Absolutely love it. And, and also, if you've got the means to record, I never listen to Order 66, and you actually run into somebody that actually like doesn't listen but really does, record them. Send them over. You better believe it. We'll love it. We will have a present. It's at Gen Con, of course, with you. Uh, I'm not lucky enough to go, but uh, you will have our portable podcast equipment. Yes, 
at Gen Con, and I'm really looking forward to uh, doing some on-site stuff, maybe even uh, recording a game or five and uh, getting mm. that information out there, taking some uh, some bumpers on-site. And I know a lot of our listeners are going to be out there. It's going to be really cool. So. That's right. Look him up, boys and girls. Look me up. Give me an email, too, if you're going to be there. We'll get together. We'll drink a beer. Yeah. It'll be cool. Well, Dave, I um, I, I got an odd package. Actually, it came late, uh, for late Friday night. Um, it was delivered Imperial Mail, um, sort of a, a redirect, and um, I, it's really well here. It, it was a redirected postcard, um, and it actually got sent to me from one of our listeners, um, Outlaw Night Zero. Check this out. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, Look at that. I get to actually see it in person for the first time. Wow. Yeah, I'm proud of it. Pretty good. But the note on it, um, he, well, okay, Z says, uh, "Hey, GM Chris, uh, a rebellious group of spacers dropped this off at my house yesterday." Uh, they said they found it on some sort of probe droid that was heavily damaged. I hope Cody's all right. Well, this is a, an unusual postcard, Dave. I've never really seen anything quite like it. It's made of a strange material, and pictured on it is an amazingly accurate view of the galaxy far, far away. From across the galaxy, it's time for Postcards from Commander Cody. GM Chris and GM Dave. I'm writing to you today from the Unknown Regions, a sparsely populated area beyond the outer rim of the galaxy. My unit is accompanying the Emperor and Darth Vader on some sort of diplomatic mission. I don't really know who they could be talking to. They've been very quiet about giving us information. And to be honest, there's not much out here. I doubt even the Separatist rebel scum comes all the way out here. Before the Clone Wars began, I remember hearing stories of an old Jedi Master, Joris Saboeth, who proposed a mission to explore for worlds beyond the known galaxy. But as I understand it, the fool only got himself, the Jedi, and the civilians on his ship, the outbound flight, lost amid the blackness. Never heard from again. Much like some other Jedi in the very old Republic. To be frank, I'm a little scared to be out here. The unique properties of this area of space have led to some unfounded reports of unknown extragalactic objects flying into Imperial areas. Just stray space vapors, I say. Although, I did see an asteroid that flew off rather strangely when we arrived in the system, but uh, I haven't said anything about it yet. Since that small Wookiee incident on the moon of Endor, I've been watching my words in front of the men. Anyway, I've got to go. We have to go stand at attention as Emperor Palpatine and Lord Vader greet an ally that's apparently coming on board to visit with them. Very strange. Well, you guys take care. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cody. Huh. Wow. Have you been to uh, to the Unknown Regions, Dave? Um, I can't say that I have, because they wouldn't be unknown to me if I had. Well, yeah. I, I mean, uh, people say there's, like, crazy crap out there, you know? Uh, you know, maybe maybe Mandalorians that, you know, maybe maybe are hiding out, or, or weird races we've never seen before. You know, I think that's just a bunch of hooey, you know? If there was anything out there, you know, we would have seen it by now. Oh, all yeah. the All these reports, it's just space dust, man. Space dust in the brain, you know? People get the space sickness, and they just get crazy crap in their head. You know, what do you, you know, hey, Cody, don't don't feel bad. You know, out there in the black, you know, things plague games with your head, and there's not much you can do about it, so, you know, nothing but love, man. It'll be okay. Just come home soon, brother, okay? Come home <laughs> soon. Yeah, come home soon. <laughs> Hope you die. Well, Dave, what do you say we move on to some real mail? All right, let's do it. All right, scumbag, pay attention. It's time for mail call. I don't know what that was, but it scared me. <laughs> well, he got some good mail. Uh, one of our posters, Vader's son, um, actually brought up an interesting point. 
Uh, it's created a smattering of debate over on the Gleemax forums. And it's in regarding the uh, article we just mentioned, um, the, uh, the Sith article uh, behind the threat that's on the Wizards of the Coast website right now. And uh, Duncan writes, Okay, so the recent uh, Watsi article on the Sith caused some confusion. The article said that the only way to be trained and use the Force is either starting as a Jedi, so it's a class skill, or taking the skill training feat after taking the Force-sensitive feat. They did not mention increasing intelligence, which I believe it would also work. Uh, yes, Duncan, it would. Uh, here's my concern. If you're a first-level noble, as an example, and you take Force sensitivity for your first-level feat, can you train and use the Force at first level as it becomes part of your class skills? Now, everyone says, yeah, of course, but we all thought that we knew how fighting defensively was supposed to work, too. My concern is that according to the character creation rules in the core rulebook, step six is to select your trained skills, oh. and step seven is to select feats. So technically, if you take force sensitivity in step seven, you can't be trained and use the force. Is that needed to happen in step six? Oh. This really hurts the non-Jedi first class Jedi designs, as you can then not start with UTF as a trained skill. Does anyone care to dig for an official answer? Thanks, Duncan. Wow. Yeah, this, this is crunchy. Okay, Duncan. Um, there's been no official answer forthcoming. However, I and, and most others that I've spoken with believe this article is an error in a couple reasons. Uh, and I've got a few reasons for this. Okay. One, nowhere in the character creation section of the core rulebook, which is pages 13 through 15, Younglings, uh, where it lists the steps to creating a character, does it actually say that these steps must be taken in ordinal pattern? Okay, you don't have, don't have to take them in order. Two, in step seven, which is the feats, it actually says point blank, uh, you know, black and white, that your choices for feats could alter what you've previously done and that you may need to go back and make changes. Now, that alone tells me that ordinal rankings aren't inflexible, okay? And considering how retroactive friendly Saga is, yeah. this, this makes a lot of sense, okay? And three, it doesn't fit with what I've seen. I mean, the huge divergence that Saga had from the old uh, RCR, you know, revised core rules, um, in my opinion, where it saw its greatest strides was in non-Jedi Force users. And uh, you know, taking that uh, that trained UTF at first level away from non-Jedi Force users would really go against the flow of the system from what we've seen and everything else they've designed so far. Right. So, honestly, it doesn't say it black and white, and uh, I don't think you should do it either. And I think the article's just in error, and uh, most people are of the opinion of that. Me too. woo woo all right, well, uh, we have one more email. Um, I got an email with several questions, uh, which were very good questions, I might add, mm. uh, from one of our posters, who's also very active over on Gleemax, uh, Watsi's Forum. Um, Heart of Julio MK2, and uh, he's got a few things to say, a couple good questions. Mark 2. Mark 2. Uh, he says, hey, GM Chris, uh, I've never emailed you, uh, either you or Dave before, but now I think I have worthwhile questions. Oh. Periodically, I go through my books. I look for new things to throw at my party, and there's a few things I've come across. Tomatoes. Not tomatoes. With salmonella. No, not with salmonella. Okay. He says, when constructing a starship using the rules and starships of the galaxy, does each weapon you purchase actually get added to the stat block? Uh, I ask this because we all know that weapons on colossal ships have been reduced from their real values. So, for example, do I purchase all 60 of the standard heavy turbo laser cannons on the real Imperial-class Star Destroyer and only garner the benefit of the statted 30 cannons, uh, group 6 per battery? Yeah, but does it have staterooms? <laughs> I hope so. And by the way, I will say the question from last week. Um, he sent me uh, like blueprints, and it looks the bomb. That dude is well. He's he's a hell of a designer. But it, it, I, I was just I was looking at these three dimensional models, and and he and he like totally did out the interior of the ship. I was very very impressed. Geeked them to a whole new level, my friend. I was impressed. To it was say awesome. The least. It was fantastic. My I, my new idol. Hey, he should be. He's mine. 
Very, very new idol. Very, very nice. Dude, seriously, call me. Woke up. Yo. Yeah. For real. For real. <laughs> <clears throat> um, well, to answer your uh, first question here, um, JL, uh, look, dude, one of the common points of note in the pre-generated ships, and droids for that matter, um, as opposed to the self-creation rules, is that the pre-gen stuff is usually not only less costly than the sum of its parts, due to things like manufacturing secrets, bulk costs, crap like that. But the flip side is that some of the standard weapons and systems might be less powerful, uh, depending on the ship. And it's all part of the balancing act the designers have. And I think this was the case with the Star Destroyer. Bottom line, if you purchase a system, the full system gets added to the stat block in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Second question, what modifiers apply to mounted combat? Is there any bonus to being mounted on a speeder bike or a tauntaun while fighting stormtroopers? While riding an animal, does the player need to spend a move action to move, or does the animal spend all actions for movement? Does the player control the animal's movement? Can a PC have the benefit of the running attack feat while mounted to represent attacking while moving? I have tired head. Yes, yes. Tired head, lots of good questions. Well, first of all, let me start by saying that per raw... There is no listed benefit that you would receive from attacking from a mount, uh, even for the higher ground, okay? But uh, there's no other listed rules for mounted combat in the core rulebook, period. However, Jedi Master Rodney Thompson did manage to give us a handful of rulings a while back on Gleemax forums, which I'll happily regurgitate for you. But not now. Uh, this answer is so large and very important that we are going to cover it at a mysteriously unknown later point in this week's episode. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get to it, dude. Hang on. Okay. Uh, next question he has. He says, how long is the base time for a hyperspace jump? Nine. <laughs> 42. 42, of course. Uh, he says, would there need to be any special rules for micro jumps during combat? That's kind of interesting. Uh, well, okay, dude. Per the core rulebook, page 237, any hyperspace jump will take a number of days equal to 1 die 6 times the ship's hyperdrive modifier. Now, any commercially available ship is usually, I mean, at best, going to have a times one hyperdrive. If it's totally awesome, you might be able to buy a, a 0.75 hyperdrive, okay? Uh, but very uncommon. And that would make the minimum tr- tr- time trip for a, a light speed, at light speed, you know, obviously three quarters of a day um, at best. Usually one day at, at best, but, you know, if you're totally awesome, uh, three quarters of a day. Now, a modified standard hyperdrive can be made into a, a 0.75 hyperdrive or even a rare 0.5 hyperdrive, and that can make the trip in as little as 12 hours. But bottom time, there's no baseline time for jumps, okay? But, I mean, however, considering that jump time takes into account galactic drift and circuitous routes, I mean, like, as, if, as a GM, if I'm GMing it, I would have any group of ships going from one point to another at the same time use the same die six roll, Okay. Um, because basically the, the way the mechanic works is you roll one die six times the ship's hyperdrive modifier, and you don't want certain ships in the group getting their head of others, so I would have them be able to scale down their hyperdrives accordingly. Okay. Uh, as for micro jumps, there's really no rules in the core rulebook or Starships of the Galaxy for them. I know that they're used in fluffy EU space battles, but I don't like them. Picard maneuver. Yeah. Uh, frankly, a microsecond in hyperspace would rocket you thousands of miles from where you were. Um, if you want to homebrew a mechanic for it, though, um, I would require the same used computer check as normal and a one minute uh, to plot the jump uh, or full round at a minus 10 penalty. But I would suggest a minimum micro jump distance of 30 or 40 squares starship scale just to keep Munchkin ship crews from bouncing around the battlefield. Pretty much. Okay. Another question he asks, can there be multiple participants in a dogfight without using a fighter group? Sure. The rules don't say otherwise. And uh, seeing as how the dogfight mechanic is nearly identical to grapple rules and multiple participants can grapple, I would say absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, next question. Are there any rules to attempting to shift the attitude of an animal without the charm beast talent? I really do miss the handle animal skill. Persuade would be my first guess, but I don't really think your seasoned politician would be any better at handling the Nexu than a grizzled scout. Uh, this has some merit. <laughs> Uh, listen, per raw, no. Okay, there's there's no way to shift the attitude of an animal. But this is interesting, okay? <laughs> um, if you want to homebrew this, okay, listen, I would allow pers- a persuasion check to do it, but at a minus 5, maybe even a minus 10 penalty, okay? Or better yet, allow a survival check, trained only, to do it, and use the same DCs that persuasion uses to influence attitude. That makes sense to me. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense to me. I'd like to make a diplomacy check. Excuse me, beast. Yes, excuse me, beast. Yes, but I uh, know it does make. Yeah, but honestly, I mean, subtle nuances, body movement, facial expression, your demeanor. You know, animals can pick up on those things. But even then, if you don't like that, you know, you, you know, yeah, persuasion. You're right; doesn't make a lot of sense. Do survival. That makes sense to me. And honestly, we make it make it trained only, and the same DCs that persuasion uses to influence attitude. Yep. You know, it's not raw, but it's a cool house rule. Sure. And he finishes up saying, uh, that's all I have for today. Thanks for your time. Heart of G-O-M-K-2. P.S. I cannot tell you how much joy I've gotten from listening to your podcast on those dreaded Sunday afternoons. It's dreaded. one of the most comforting feelings knowing that no dreaded? matter how geeky I am seen by the world, there are people out there just like me. Great work, guys, and may the force be with you. I don't know Always. who the hell you think I am, pal, but I ain't like you at all. <laughs> no, he's worse. I a am. lot worse. Dave is the biggest geek the world has seen since like Bill Gates had a secret affair with Stephen Hawking. Oh, man, I don't even, dude, you, you put something, that's it, I can't do the podcast anymore, I'm quitting, because that, <laughs> that image is as as as, uh, as terrible an image as uh, Jeff Gordon. That's great. Oh, yes, baby, I like that, that is wonderful. Oh, Please yeah. do it some more. Please do it some more. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's great. Dude, Geeks of the World Unite, thank you, Gio, we really appreciate it, and, uh, um, I'm glad you're able to embrace your geekdom with the rest of us. It's a good thing. That's right. And everybody, here's Jeff Gordon's personal cell phone number. Please call him and tell him he's gay. Jeff Gordon's gay. I don't even watch. I don't, I'm not even a NASCAR fan. How the hell do I know who Jeff Gordon is? I'm hanging out with you too much, you punk. He's on the number 24 Rainbow Warrior. I don't care. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, um, speaking of not caring, uh, you may or may not care that uh, I did manage to make it out to Tatooine this week, which I didn't get a chance to do last week. Oh, delicious. And I brought something back that you got to see. This is Watto for Watto's Bargain Basement, and I want you to come on down to Tatooine this week for our big special sale. Tell them Jabba sent you and you get a free chance cube. We got the deals for you. Come on down to Watto's Bargain Basement. What do you know? Before we get started, we're going to announce our first contest to give away a chance cube. Have you got the chance cubes yet? They're on order. Okay, they're on order. But our first contest is this. Gamer Nation, we need a D20 Radio logo. And anyone here, you've got to, with, with the amount of geeks that we have, mm-hmm. our vision is a D20 with a old-timey radio tower coming out of the top of it with the little squiggles coming off like it's broadcasting. Yes. But it doesn't have to be your vision. No, no, no. And the rules, geeks, are, obviously, we cannot use anything that would be construed as copyrighted. Obviously. 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 Uh, if you want to include it, make color or black and white, we'll take either. If you have both, that will garner you bonus points. 
very nice. That's right. Uh, but honestly, yeah, if you guys have an original creation, something you want to you know, pump up, send it to us. Uh, we will own the intellectual rights to it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will take it, yes. We, we will take it. You, you By entering the contest, you uh, sign away all rights to the image you create. But uh, yeah, we're looking for a D20 logo. Uh, maybe get some t-shirts going to the future, something to that effect, or maybe swag. Some, some swag, some dice bags maybe. And uh, yeah, we'd like to uh, you know use y'all's skills, and uh, you know you got uh, basically our audience has done so much to contribute to the cast. We thought, why not let him continue? So That's very right. cool thing. But speaking of cool things, Dave, check check this out, man. All check right. this out. I brought this back from Wado. Look at this. All right, this thing's kind of big, dude. Yeah, wait till I turn it on. Check this out. Whoa. Yes. Okay, this is a riot shield. And uh, oh. for those of you looking to find the Riot Shield, you can find it as one of the new pieces of swag and Threats of the Galaxy, Here, page I it 77. Was like one piece of a shower. It, it's about as big. Uh, this is a wicked tool, dude, and it carries potential. Much, much potential. Impressive. It's only 500 credits, dude. Yeah, it was very it was very cheap, but it still wasn't easy to come by, man. I had to buy a military-grade license to yeah. purchase this thing. Well, le- le- legitimately. Legitimately. It's kind of heavy, too. It weighs about six kilos. Uh, but, I mean, basically, I know you guys can't see it out there, but it's just a metal frame with a handle. And when you flip it on, there's this field of energy that appears between the frame. And, and the way it bends light, it is completely opaque on one side and clear on the other. So it, it blocks foes from seeing you, but you can see through it just fine. See, that's better than the ones they got at Halo. Much better. See? So it's it's totally wicked. But basically, uh, when you use this thing to fight defensively, um, it grants you the effects of cover, which is plus five to your reflex defense, against all ranged attacks that turn. And here's the best part. You can wield this thing as a melee weapon. And when you do, it functions identically to a stun baton. And that makes it a simple weapon that deals two die six of stunning damage. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Dude, that's awesome. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, there were some, some interesting posts uh, out there. I've seen several on our own forums and Gleamax and a few others. And uh, people saying, you know, wow, for, for those characters that are, you know, maybe pacifistic, don't want to hurt somebody, this is a wonderful option, especially for a defensive meat wall or a giant. You can just go out there and, you know, take the defensive action and get this massive bonus. And if somebody gets close to it, you can just whack the hell out of them with it. And um, it's very cool. There's no shield bash rules in this game, boys and girls. So you really don't lose your. Uh, your, your, your bonus with it if you decide to make a, a bash, you know, as an attack opportunity or something like that. So uh, it's a pretty cool little unit. Coolio in the crib. I think you guys should go get one. You should go drive out to Wado's and just go get one today. Yep. Very cool. Awesome, man. Very cool. So what are we talking about? We're moving on with our pre- prestige class oh, discussion. I'm so excited, yes. Oh, and this is, this is the one that most, I mean. Yeah, mo- most everybody asks about this. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the gunslinger today. Younglings, and uh, quite possibly this is the prestige class that more PCs will take a level in or two than any other. I was um, talking to Wyatt Earp the other day. <laughs> Where are you now? Yeah, it was a seance, dude. Don't make fun. You were at a seance for Wyatt Earp. Yeah. Not yeah. like not like, you know, John Lennon or Gandhi or or Mother Teresa or, right. or like, you know, Wyatt Earp. Yeah, we were, and, and uh, this old guy appears, and it turned out we, we misfired a little bit, and we got the AARP. We got ARP. You got Wyatt ARP. Yeah, so, you know. Did he tell you to get off his lawn? <laughs> he did. You dumb whippersnappers, get off my lawn! And a better question, did you get off his lawn? Get off my property! <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the gunslinger, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not so much anymore. He ain't slinging nothing but dirt. All right, wheels uh, back on. Wheels back on. <laughs> Driving ahead. 
the Gunslinger is a great prestige class, guys. It's great for dipping, and it's really good for full career, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, the Gunslinger is a master of pistols, uh, and while some rifle wielders might find some use in the class, especially a dip, only a character focused on wielding pistols will gain the full benefits of multiple levels in this class. Um, a melee fighter pretty much has zero cost to even glance in this prestige class's direction, much yep. less take any levels in it. Salura will not be glancing. No, no, he will not. But to, let's talk about the prereqs. Let's talk about getting into this class and what you need to do to get there. I bet um, you need seven levels. How much you want to bet? You need seven levels. Yep. Oh, what a so surprise! Prestige what a, class. What a surprise! I like it. You will need seven levels prior before stepping into this gunslinger prestige class at eighth level, and you need zero talents, zero trained skills. What do you need, Dave? Feats. Four of them. Feats. These four feats, as a matter of fact, point blank, precise, quick draw, and weapon proficiency. Pistols. Of course you need weapon proficiency pistols. What are you going to do? Be a rifleman? Well, okay, let's talk about that one first. Okay, weapon proficiency pistols. It's kind of impossible not to have this feat since it's a starting feat for every single class. The only way you're not going to have it is if you're a primitive race. Like, Ewok. like an Ewok or a Gamorrean. Okay, and in that case, I'm curious as to why you're a gunslinger, but whatever's your deal. The All Gamorrean right. gunslinger. <laughs> Wow. You, can you picture Gamoria like with a like you know a, a, like a ten gallon hat drawn low, you know, you know, <laughs> f- <laughs> with a duster coming out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as the other three feats, we got point blank shot. All right, now this feat is a starting feat for a scoundrel, and many scoundrels do move into gunslinger because yep. its abilities fit really nicely with their own. Yep. And to be frank, it's rare that. Even a range fighter is more than 20 squares from their opponent, and that's the point-blank range for pistols. So why would a pistol fighter not take this anyway? I mean, a plus one to hit is nothing to sneeze at. No. Okay. Furthermore, uh, point-blank shot is a prerequisite for... Precise! Precise shot. And again, if you're a range fighter and you don't have precise shot by now, there's something wrong. Um, unless there's zero melee fighters in your group, and even then, range people can still get into melee, you have no excuse not to have this by third or fourth level. I mean, a minus five to hit a foe in melee sucks hard. It inhales sharply. Yeah, so you, you need to have point blank and precise by this point. Come on, guys. Now, quick draw. This is not an essential range fighter feat, but it's pretty nice, okay? Uh, drawing your weapon as a swift action instead of a move is very spiffy, all right? And plus, it, it really fits the, the gunslinger motif. You know, you <laughs> come out there and, and draw. Draw, Greedo. Draw. Draw. Good time, so <laughs> Very cosmopolitan. Yes, uh, thank you. I've been practicing. Uh, um, well, what's well, what's that uh, what's that guy's name? Val Kilmer plays him uh, in uh, in that Wyatt Earp movie that I'm talking Doc about. Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday. He would have quick draw. Doc Holliday would have quick draw. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. Great, oh, I love great that movie. movie. If you guys haven't seen Tombstone, movie. freaking awesome you guys movie. Gotta you you got to go see it. Let's talk, let's talk about the basics of the Gunslinger. All right, now that we've delved into the prereqs, um, let's go through what the Gunslinger has to offer you and Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday, uh, which is a lot. Uh, first of all, you're going to have a plus four bonus to Reflex at first level. And the and, Cowboys. And, oh, yes. And a plus two to Fortitude Defense. Um, you're going to get a Scout's Hit Die of a D8, which ain't bad, but eh. it ain't great. It ain't a D10. No. However, this combat-oriented prestige class does benefit from a full base attack yep. bonus. Yep which is not common with a D8 hit die, so that's a good thing. We like it. It's a good... Well, what is the even-level ability that the uh, Gunslinger gets, Dave? That would be the trusty sidearm, sir. Trusty sidearm. Only applies to pistols. Only applies to pistols, and that's a very important thing. 
Um, obviously, most prestige classes do have this even level ability you get, which is just an ability that improves every even level. And trusty sidearm is this nifty little ditty. Um, only applies to pistols. And there, there was some confusion, Dave, uh, about this because the errata noted that gunslinger talents apply to both pistols and rifles, but the devs have clarified that trusty sidearm still only applies to pistols. Right. Okay? Um, with trusty sidearm, you receive a damage bonus equal to one half your gunslinger level when using a pistol, and that's in addition to your one half character level bonus damage, which is nothing to sneeze at. Um, although it's by far the crowning glory of this prestige class. Not, no. Well, let's talk about talents. Uh, the real reason you're taking this prestige class. Um, the talents that the gunslinger offers are fantastic. Uh, they allow you to become a pistol jockey like no other. But it is important to note, though, that the errata for the core rulebook notes that the gunslinger talents apply to both pistols and rifles. So if you want to dip one level in this class uh, for one of these talents and you're a rifleman, it'll work. So, yep. you know, the, the rifleman. Another great, another great Western. Another great Western, yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, as far as talents, um, the, the Gunslinger has access to three talent trees. The, the Fortune talent tree, uh, the Awareness talent tree, and then a brand new talent tree, Dave, the Gunslinger talent tree, oh. which we'll, we'll talk about in detail. But um, the Fortune talent tree, refresh my memory, that's a, that's a scoundrel talent tree? It is, it, it is. It. And if you're Inigo Montoya, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Oh, wait, wait, that's a sword. He wields a sword. Sorry. He wields a sword. Very, very different, yes. But uh, the Fortune Talent Tree is a scandal talent tree. You guys can find that on page 46 of the Core Rulebook, and it's full of flavor and some really good choices for the gunslinger. Now, when we talked about the Fortune Talent Tree, it was way back in episode four of our little podcast uh, when we discussed the scoundrel. So go there for juicy details on it. We're not going to regurgitate. Uh, right. But in relation to the gunslinger, Lucky Shot is probably the talent most suited to the melee combatant. And note, however, that knack is a prerequisite for it. Hmm. But you can take it again and again and make right. shots no one else dreams of. Very cool. Yep. Uh, the awareness talent tree, Dave. This is a, what is this, a, a scout talent, I believe? I think so. And uh, it is found on page 49, 49. of the core rule book. Uh, it's very useful. Now, we talked about this talent tree and the, all the other scout talent trees back in episode 7. Uh, but in relation to the gunslinger, uh, the clearly greatest talent for the range combatant here, uh, period, is keen shot. Um, and note that acute senses is a prereq for it, which lets you avoid penalties for concealment. Very cool. Very awesome. Improved initiative. Uh, another talent from that tree also fits the gunslinger mystique really well, um, helping ensure that the gunslinger always draws first. Yep. Draw. Draw. Uh, very cool. Uh, well, Dave, let's move on to the nugget of this class. Uh, the reason Sharon you're Stone? taking, I said class. Oh, Dave. sorry. All right. I'm see not, now. Not see skis. now. I'm thinking about this other crazy movie, The Quick and the Dead, which was a really, really bad movie. That movie sucked. Oh my gosh, that was dude. the worst piece of crap that I've ever seen grace Hollywood screens that year. It was terrible. And you know what was worse about it? Russell Le Crowe. Leonardo DiCaprio was in that movie. Hey, DiCaprio got the bonus. Any movie where DiCaprio gets the bonus, I'm a happy guy. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. Titanic was another one. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I failed to ruin the ending. DiCaprio dies. <laughs> I did laugh. It was pretty freaking funny. He froze to death. Bonus time. The only problem was that he didn't freeze fast enough. Yeah, I know. <sighs> he should have frozen the first five minutes. It would have been funny, too. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it would have been hilarious. Maybe they could have crunched him on the iceberg. <laughs> Ice could have come down and like severed his head. Yeah, but then they have to get an R rating. You know, wouldn't have made uh, James Cameron all that money. You know? Yeah, Jimmy I know. Cameron. You know, he's hurting. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, this uh, <laughs> uh, this particular talent tree, uh, the Gunslinger talent tree, 
yes. uh, is the reason you're taking this prestige class. This is the shizzle. There is not a single talent in this tree that's bad. Not one. The only thing that sucks about this talent tree is that it has seven talents in it. So this 10-level prestige class won't let me take them all. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Well, let's go through them, Dave. What's the first talent on this tree? Debilitating Shot. This is the shizzle. I love this one. This is, this is possibly my favorite talent in the group. Aim, deal damage with your attack, and automatically move your foe down the condition track. Just by aiming. That's it. That's it. Just spend two swift actions, full round, you know, make your attack, yep. hit, do damage, and you just move them a step down the condition track. Are you, are you kidding me? No. Okay, I mean, you combine this with rapid shot for extra damage, devastating attack, dastardly strike. You can move a flat-footed opponent three steps down the condition track in a single attack. Have a nice okay? day. I, uh, it's just delicious. Courtesy okay. of your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. It's delicious. Uh, very, very good. Uh, what's next in this talent tree? Deceptive shot, sir. This is interesting. This is really great for gunslingers with scoundrel levels who may have taken like sneak attack or dastardly strike. Um, you can spend two swift actions to feint with a deception check and make your foe flat-footed against your attack that round, which, of course, would not only make them easier to attack because you're obviously reducing their reflex defense usually, um, but you're also opening up the, the gamut for any you know flat-footed abilities you have from scoundrels, such as sneak attack or dastardly strike. Yep. Very cool. That's awesome, man. I like it. But we talk, we're talking about it a little bit more with, with some builds later on. Yep. But uh, continuing, what's next? This is the Doc Holiday talent. Improved Quick Draw. Eh, it's pretty cool. Uh, this is, while not the most mechanically powerful talent in the tree, it is the talent that just, for me, so much epitomizes the gunslinger. You're a fast, fast hand with your pistol. Um and what it does is during the surprise round, which normally gives you only a standard action to work with, meaning you can't attack if you don't have your gun out. Because, I mean, even with quick draw, it's still a swift action to pull out your weapon. Right. Um, with this little talent, even if you don't have your weapon drawn, in that surprise round, you can draw your pistol and attack with it. Even if you're surprised. Not so awesome. even if you couldn't, you know, even if you failed your perception check and you're surprised and you normally couldn't even take a standard action, with this, you can still pull your pistol and attack. Um, Unreal. I, I don't know of any other talent that allows you to do something like that. Right. Very cool. Right. And what's next? Knockdown shot? Knockdown shot, which is something that I probably wouldn't use. Really? Well, well, I mean, I would, but, you know, you knock somebody down and you're minus five. That's a good point. Um, it has its uses, but they're varied. Um, and basically, guys, the way knockdown shot works, you aim, and, you know, it's two swifts, and if the attack hits, you do your damage, and the target falls prone. All right? Now, you actually see this in the movies a lot. You know, they hit somebody with a blaster, and the stormtrooper goes, Wah! Go flying back. Yeah. Um, and it sounds really cool, and it is. But like Dave says, it's very situational. You never want to do this if you're in a firefight with someone else. Because you, like you say, man, you've knocked him prone. Now what? Yep. You take a minus five on your other attacks against a prone now, target. If you got the Wookiee getting ready to charge, <laughs> then that's, knock the hell out of him. And that's the best way to use it, yeah. Yep. I mean, against someone in melee with your party beat stick nearby. I mean, knock the foe prone. And, I mean, gosh, if they're prone next to that melee fighter, that melee fighter gets a plus five to hit them because they're prone. So and The lapping you hear yeah. in the background are our wives playing the hula hoops on the Wii Fit. That's disturbing. You can play hula hoops on the Wii Fit? Dude, you have no idea. I was freaking sore the day after I got that thing. And I, and I work out fairly regularly at LA, LA Fitness, and this thing still used muscle groups that I just don't use. It's bizarre. Wow, that's interesting. Well, back on the tracks. 
again. <laughs> Gee whiz, man. I am I am responsible for so many derailments. I am the most responsible person on D20 Radio. Yes, you are. You make our listener base cry fat tears of shame. I do. Especially Ardith. Especially Ardith. Poor Ardith. Ardith, I need you to email GM Dave and tell him he's a chode. <laughs> you tosser. You bloody tosser. Call him a bloody tosser. I really want you to. Better yet, a wanker. Call us on the losing line and call him a wanker. I'd really, really, <laughs> really appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Well, moving on to the next talent in this tree, uh, we have multi-attack proficiency pistols. Now, okay, we already talked about how badass multi-attack proficiency was for the Elite Trooper back in episode 17, yeah. and it's still just as badass here, only now it applies to pistols. And what this does, anytime you make multiple attacks in a round with pistols, you reduce your attack roll penalties by two. This applies to double attack, triple attack, or dual weapon fighting, all of it. In fact, this actually means you can attack with dual pistols with zero penalty by level eight, as long as you have dual weapon mastery one and two, as opposed to level 11, when you would normally get dual weapon mastery three. Right. And you can take this multiple times. So, I mean, like, you know, triple attack, you know, you're looking at pretty massive penalties. You know, you can just negate it all with enough uses of this talent. Yep. And that alone is incredible. That yeah. is probably my, if not my first, my, not, since it's not quite my first, my second favorite talent in this tree. Um, moving on, there is range disarm. Now we've we've eh 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 meh. We've ranted about how difficult the disarm mechanic is before. Okay, I mean as such, this talent isn't stellar, but it's not because of the talent; it's because of the disarm mechanic. But honestly, it's still a good choice. Why? Because if you need to take a foe out without killing him and uh, are too far away for stunning. Depriving him of his weapon is a rather nice way of doing it. And the mere attempt to do so, even if you're unlikely to succeed, at range, with zero risk of being disarmed yourself in the process, is, uh, it's nice. Not bad. It's not bad. And the uh, final talent in this is usually the one that most people pick up uh, if they're taking a dip, uh, especially if you're a rifleman. Uh, it removes the penalty for attack rolls when using rapid shot. This that minus two is a, kind of a big deal. It is. It, it can be. And this talent is called trigger work. And uh, but I mean by this point, to be frank, you should have rapid shot. Um, an extra die of damage for you know this measly minus two to hit is really worth it at early levels. Yeah. And it's still worth it now. But with this talent, you can rapid shot every single time. With no penalty. With no penalty. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's really freaking awesome. Um, and it's something you should consider and and grab onto and latch onto. That's and right, it's, man. It's wonderful. So as we go down the lonely road to slinging a gun. Mm. Tell us. Well, Sensei. This is a quandary, man. I mean, fear does not exist in this dojo. Thank you, Cobra Kai. No problem. I mean, well, seriously, I mean, you got easy requirements to this, man. You got really easy requirements. So, what's the best way to get there? I mean, there's a few things you can consider, all right? First of all, any class can lead you to this path. I mean, all you need is a couple feats. I mean, literally three. I mean, if you take Scoundrel, two, aside from what you've given, you know? But there are certain paths that lead to different benefits, and there are some that aren't that optimal at all. So let's talk about them. Let's talk about the scoundrel. Uh, many gunslingers will go straight scoundrel up until they get to this point of, of gunslinger. Now, at first level, you pick up two of the four prereq feats, uh, and precise shot and quick draw are both bonus feats for the class, and that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, scoundrel also gives you access to train in deception, which can give, may, let you make the most of use of deceptive shot. And other scoundrel talents like Dastardly Strike, Sneak Attack, they can work really amazingly well for your you know, striker damage dealer builds, which the Gunslinger can quite easily be. The only downside, piddly base attack bonus yeah. 
and middling hit points, which yeah. the scoundrel has. And uh, you're already not looking at the D10 for the gunslinger anyway. But, you know, to be fair, you're not going to be in melee combat. It's rare. So, you know, you're not going to be up there. You can easily take cover, and, you know, it's a lot harder for you to get hit. Right. Basically, if you're playing your character right. Let's talk about the soldier. Um, many gunslingers go straight soldier up until they get to level eight. I like this one. Yeah. Um, why? Well, why? Yeah. Why? Well, not for Salura because I can't exactly dual wield bow bowcasters. Well, but, no. But know. I mean, why would you see a soldier? Why would you see, would see taking a soldier all the way in this? The base attack bonus and the hit points. <laughs> Those <laughs> I are mean, the two good uh, reasons, duh. pretty much. You know. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, another could be the sheer amount of combat feats uh, that are available. You know, in their feet in their class list and, and the talents that are available to the class. I mean, talents like devastating attack that you know. I mean, they make they add that much more to the gunslinger's already impressive options. However, many soldiers do take advantage of the rifle proficiencies or the heavy weapons options granted to them. And to be frank, if you're not a pistol man or or a pistol wookie, <laughs> uh, the gunslinger is less than optimal for you. So right. As for the rest, scouts will occasionally go this route, but they don't benefit nearly as much as scoundrels and soldiers would from this PC. Uh, mostly because scouts can't really train in the skills that. You know the the talents of this class work off of, and they don't have the full base attack bonus to really make to make up for the lack of that like a soldier does. So, eh, nobles are kind of the same way. They have little combat focus. As far as Jedi go and other melee characters, there's little to no use for a gunslinger prestige class. Yeah, none, none, none at all. So you know that's pretty much it, guys. And you know, bottom line, I, we said this before. I, I remember talking about this, Dave, when when Roddy was on the cast. So much I see in Star Wars is is that of the Western. There's so much. It's almost a space Western. I mean, you have these iconic yeah. characters. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're right. And this prestige class really fits that flavor and that fluff. You know, of this right. of this you know Han Solo. You know, coming out there with the gunslinger, and you can turn it into coolness too. I mean, heck, you pepper a couple levels of this in with your bounty hunter, and you have Django Fett. You know, and you're you know whipping out two pistols and you know blowing people's heads off before you. Lose your own to a purple-headed, you know, purple-bladed lightsaber. It's, uh, That's right. Very, very bad. But yeah, it, it's a really cool prestige class. It's got a lot of options. Frankly, I can see taking all ten levels in it very easily. But I can, I can see any ranged build benefiting from at least a single dip. If for nothing else, tr trigger work. If you're using uh, rapid shot frequently, or if you're a dual wielder, you know, then goodness, yep. Yep. goodness, the multi-attack proficiency is the way to go. So. There it cool. is. The Gunslinger. It is the Gunslinger, and uh, check it out. It awesome, is cool. man. Now, it's time for a little something brand new. Let's give a listen. And now, Dark Thoughts with Twila Goodness. Sometimes, I think about Jawas and how they might be attractive. And then I wonder if wonder if they're well endowed and then i think that might be kind of weird so then i stopped thinking about it this has been dark thoughts with twilight goodness all right very nice <laughs> very nice twilight goodness now officially a part of the show yes well after that soul shattering look into the mind of tg um i think it's time to attempt to contact some form of reasonable sanity in the form of your friend and mine. All right. Well, that brings us to the point in the presentation of your friend and mine, TK421. Yeah, if you did his post. I'm so pissed off at that guy. He finked out on us last week. Have you even heard from him? No. He cashed my check. Did he? Yeah. Well, I guess he's not dead. All right. Let's give it a shot. 
You want to call for him this time? Yeah. You, you never get to call for him. All right, all right. TK421, come in. TK421, why aren't you at your post? <laughs> TK4, God. Oh, that man. inbred redneck. God, God. <laughs> <laughs> Relax. Relax. Enhance your calm. All right. We're, no, we're, we're doing it without him. I, I'm, not, I'm not waiting. Oh, you don't care? No, no. Right. We're well, doing it without him. Well, see, now I was the one that pulled the trigger on him last time. And now it's you. All well, of a sudden, just all right. Yeah, I'm done. Fine. All right, we'll just pop into the pop into the bay. D20 docking bay hosers. I hate you. We don't be making sense. We be making sense of it. Alright, boys and girls, yes. Well, today's D20 Docking Bay is brought to you by Heart of Geo MK2 and Raving Dork. Um, Heart of Geo uh, for emailing us and RD for originally posting this question on our forums as well as Gleamax. That's right. Raving Dork, creator yes. of Incest by Milton Bradley, the game <laughs> the whole family can play. That's beautiful. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, there seem to be no rules for mounted combat. Uh, either in the core rulebook or the other supplements. Now, granted, this isn't the most common thing in the Star Wars universe, but many cultures on many worlds make use of it, and it's a cinematic bit of awesomeness for any PC or Obi-Wan Kenobi chasing Grievous on the back of a Varactyl. Oh, hey. Yes. So for those who want to fight from the back of a mount, how is it done? Yes. Well, Jedi Master Rodney Thompson himself posed several answers to this query on Gleemax in response to Raiding Dork's questions there, and his suggestions, as usual, make eminently good sense. In Rodney's words, the ride skill functions much like the pilot skill, insofar as ride controls a mount and pilot controls a speeder bike. Uh, the difference is that a mount is a creature all its own. You just manage to control that creature through the use of the ride skill. But also keep in mind that your mounted combat is, is certainly one area we can expand upon. This mounted combat rules in the core rulebook are far from the end-all be-all of what we could do with them. So... He continues, and this is an answer to your question, Gio. Your mount's movement is its own movement. If you want to control the mount in battle, it takes a move action, however. Mounts specifically trained for battle ignore the rolling requirement, though, but not the move action requirement. Now, keep in mind, though, the, the, the attack actions on a mount need some free hands, guys, to shoot those blasters and swing those lightsabers. And so if you want to not hold the reins and make that ride, you know, an attack from the back of a mount you're going to need to have your hands free, and that's going to require a ride skill check to guide the mount with your knees, which isn't too terribly difficult, but no, you'll need to do it. All right. Well, considering these points, and the fact that they follow KISS to a T, unsurprising, I would treat fighting on a mount just like fighting on the back of a speeder bike. I mean, for all intents and purposes, and this includes combat feats. Now, Heart of Geo mentioned the possibility of using running attack, for example. All right. I would treat it just like a speeder bike. Okay, You can't get the benefit of running attack on a speeder. And since it takes a move action, and you're not actually moving, to guide your mount, your mount's moving, not you, I would say this feat has no effect, okay? But then again, most any feat or attack option possible from the back of a speeder, I would allow on the back of a Tauntaun or a Ronto. Remember, though, that when in combat, unless your mount is specifically trained for battle, you need to roll a DC 20 ride check just to get your mount not to freak out in combat and, and control it effectively. And that's basically the bottom line. 
But other than that, all the basic rules apply. Uh, you can charge with your mount, double move it the same way you could double move a speeder. You can attack from the back of it and, and do all that. But make it simple. Make it follow Kiss. Yep. Instead of pilot, use ride. And instead of a speeder bike, use your mount. And you're good to go. Mount them up! Mount them up! We thought that appropriate for the Gunslinger, wouldn't you Regulators! say? Regulators! Let's mount up. You've been watching too many westerns in prep for this, haven't you? Uh, I haven't really. I just have watched them over the course of many lifetimes. You're lying to me. And not on Lifetime, I might add. But Now you're really lying to me. Okay, I'm lying. <laughs> I'm a liar. I've been found out. You're a liar. You're a liar. Oh, well, music's over. Time to go. Yeah, it's that time to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that should bring about an end to our show, guys. I want to thank you all for listening. And uh, again, if you guys have any questions, concerns, praise, or prejudice, please email us at uh, gmchris at d20radio.com or gmdave at d20radio.com. Give us a call on the Lusa line or sign up on the forums at d20radio.com slash forum. That's right. And uh, all the Frenchmen who've been sending me hate mail, I appreciate it. I do too, especially. Yep. Thank you. Yep, and to the one Aussie that sent me, uh, you know, hey man, I'm laughing, I'm laughing at you making fun of the French. <laughs> well, I'll start on Aussies later. You guys just sitting out every single war going down there. Hey, WTF, WTF, mate, WTF. Aussies are the bomb. You know, all, seriously, man. If I, if I can go to Oz or NZ in my life, I really, 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 oh, really, man. really would like to. Yeah, if we have any listeners down there, would they like uh, give us like a uh, room uh, and board for like a week? We can take our wives down there and like see the Barrier Reef and the Opera House and. Yeah, we'd certainly be uh, glad to take you up on your offer. I'd be amenable to that. <laughs> Most definitely. Might even, might even have a game or two, or three, or seven. That's right. And I'll plant a funnel web spider in your bed. I hate you. <laughs> Peace, love, and good gaming. gaming. That's right. And keep them dice a rolling. D20 Radio, where gamers roll www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at starwars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. Oh, my God.